Welcome to the Layer East podcast. My name is Ron. I will be your host. Layer East is a co-working space located in Soho, New York. We exist to support New York tech communities, specifically in the areas of blockchain, big data, and AI. The purpose of this podcast is to provide valuable information on each of these verticals. On today's episode, my guest is Tabo from Arbitus Group. Tabo is an accountant. He specializes in cryptocurrency accounting. So we had a, a terrific conversation about everything from how we pay taxes, do we have to pay taxes, who has to pay taxes, how to pay taxes. This is really terrific information. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. Tabo, tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do. Hey, Ron, thank you so much for having me on the podcast and on the channel. Definitely happy to be here and happy to share. So like you said before, my name is Tabo Abate. I'm a partner with Arbitus LLC, and we're an accounting and consulting firm that is solely focused on serving individuals and businesses in the blockchain space. So we do tax returns for traders. We do accounting for businesses that use and accept crypto, all the kind of normal financial services, but we do them for businesses and individuals in the cryptocurrency blockchain space. That's cool. Um, so how this is a little bit very niche and kind of new. Not a lot of people are doing this, right? Yeah, it's very niche. Yeah. How did you how did you fall into this? Are you a Bitcoin guy? So I, I am a Bitcoin guy. I, and when I say Bitcoin guy, I wouldn't define myself as a maximalist, but I'm definitely a Bitcoin guy. So the, re, the way that this whole, this whole business and, and really my passion for this industry started was probably back in 2016. That's when I fell down the proverbial Bitcoin rabbit hole, blockchain rabbit hole that people love to talk about. And I started out as a trader. Um, I wasn't a high-frequency trader or anything major, but you know, buying on Coinbase, Binance, uh, GDAX, which is now Coinbase Pro. And I had a couple other friends, a lot of whom were CPAs. We tend to hang out and be friends with each other. And we all bought and traded crypto, and we were all really excited about this decentralized finance, about decentralized money, and all the promises that it held. And after about a few months of trading, I realized that because I'm a CPA and I read IRS letters, that the crypto that I was trading was taxable. But even as a CPA, I had no idea how to report it, what the rules meant, what to do. And it was at that time in, in late 2016, early 2017, that the light bulb kind of went off in my head. I said, oh my God, if myself and all my friends who are CPAs have no clue what to do with our taxes. There's no way that all my other friends and all these other crypto people that I follow and that I interact with are doing this right or even doing it at all. And so it was from that realization that we just kind of understood that there needs to be someone who is in the crypto community, who's a crypto advocate, who understands how these things work helping people figure out the tax and accounting implications of, of all this. And that's what led us to begin the, to start the firm and what led us to all the work that we've done with traders and businesses since then. And what's leading, up, leading us to doing what we're doing now, which is a lot of crypto tax education. So teaching courses, doing podcasts like this, webinars, and just kind of helping people understand and demystify all this stuff around cryptocurrency. Sounds interesting. So you started in 2017. Mm -hmm. So you've been doing this for a while. This is not something you just thought about recently. No, no, we've definitely been doing this for a while. We've had the benefit of being through some, some market ups and downs. As you can imagine, our business tends to sometimes be correlated with price and interest in Bitcoin. Um, it's, it's funny because when, when Bitcoin's shooting up and people are making money and they owe taxes, that's when they call us. And when Bitcoin's going down and people are losing money and they could be saving and getting refunds and returns on their losses, uh, we tend to have less business. But um, we've, we've been doing this for a while. We've also had the benefit of kind of watching this whole, the regulation and legislation around crypto. We've gotten to watch that evolve. So, you know, when we started 
the rules were much less so than they are now. There's much less clarity around taxation, way less clarity around securities regulation and other stuff that maybe we'll talk on, but I know we're going to focus on tax. And so it's it's really been amazing. And it's, it's funny because other types of accounting specialties and different firms who have been around for hundreds of years, and, and that's that's like a, an old accounting firm. But in crypto, if you've been around for three, four years, you're, you're kind of an old geezer. I have a lot of experience. <laughs> it, and it, and it, the regulation does move very fast, right? Yeah. So how does how does one when do you know that you owe taxes on crypto? When when do you owe the taxes? Yeah, perfect, perfect place to start. So and this is almost kind of a jaw dropper for some people who who haven't learned about this. But when you so let me tell you about when you don't owe taxes. If you buy go on Coinbase, you buy some Bitcoin and you don't do anything. You just sit there and you just let it sit in your Coinbase account. It goes up in value. It goes down in value. Maybe you buy some more, but you don't sell. You don't trade. You don't use it to pay for coffee or or do any of those things. If you happen to be in that bucket, then take take a sigh. You don't owe any taxes. There's no taxable events that have occurred there. Now, that doesn't mean, and we'll get into this later, that you don't have to keep good records and that you're not still at risk of an IRS audit. But that means you don't have any capital gains and you don't owe taxes. That means that everyone else does. So meaning if you bought Bitcoin and you take that Bitcoin and you trade it for Ethereum, that's a taxable event. Obviously, if you take that Bitcoin and you sell it for cash, that's a taxable event. If you take that Bitcoin, put it onto a a Bitcoin-powered Visa card, and then swipe that to pay for groceries, that's a taxable event. You need to calculate your gains and losses on things like that. And there's all sorts of other kind of niche examples that people wouldn't think about where you're actually incurring and owing taxes on your transactions. And so if you pretty much do anything with your cryptocurrency besides just hodling and letting it sit, you, you have some sort of taxable event and you have a gain or a loss and you need to report that to the IRS according to US law. So what is the IRS doing about this? So the IRS is not stupid. They've, they've been in the game of collecting taxes for a long time, and they've been in the game of catching people not paying taxes also for a long time. And so there's a couple different things the IRS is doing. The first, which is honestly what I'm doing as well, is educating people. They're educating taxpayers, and they're, they're, they're trying to get the word out that, hey, we know this may have seemed confusing at first. There may have been some misconceptions, people thinking that, you know, if I trade Bitcoin for Ether, it's not taxable because I haven't cashed out, so to speak, or, or things like that. And so the IRS is saying, look, first thing we're going to do is we're going to try and educate people. We're going to say, hey, listen, guys, this is taxable. You can't be making all these gains, trading on 10x margin and, and quadrupling your value and not owing taxes on it. So education is the first part. The second thing that they've been doing, and maybe some of our listeners or viewers have actually experienced this firsthand, is they've been sending out direct notices and letters and communications to traders. And so um, there's a big wave of this um, in the past year or so. A lot of them linked to people with Coinbase accounts, and, and we can get into that a little later as well. Um, where they sent out these different types of letters. So there was, I think, three, a 6174, 6174A, and a 6173. You don't need to know the numbers. That's just for us accountants to know. But essentially sending out letters, and the letters vary. Um, so the most basic, simple letter is, is saying, hey, we think you might have some crypto. We just want you to know that if you did this or this, it's taxable. The second letter which I also have some clients who've received, was a little bit more stern. And they're saying, hey, we're pretty sure you have crypto. And there's a good chance that you may not have been reporting it in the past. We just want you to know this is really serious. And if you do, in fact, have crypto, you better report it. And then the third one, which is the most extreme, so a 6173 letter, uh, those are sent to taxpayers. And they are actually really intense because they require a response. And they say, and you know what, actually, let me go ahead and show you one of these letters so you can get an idea. Um, let me go ahead and do a quick screen share. 
this is an example of a 6173. I pulled this up before, before we called. And this is a pretty much more strongly worded one. So we have information that you have or had one or more accounts containing virtual currency and may not have met your US tax filing and reporting requirements for transactions involving virtual currency, which include cryptocurrency and non-crypto virtual currencies. Goes on to say that US taxpayers must report all sales, exchanges, and dispositions. An exchange of virtual currency, and they call them out by name, such as Bitcoin, Ether, etc., includes the use of a virtual currency to pay for goods, services, or other property, including uh, exchanging that for another virtual currency, such as exchanging Bitcoin for Ether. It then goes on to say you need to reply under penalty of perjury, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so these letters were definitely, I think they had two purposes. One, obviously the IRS is trying to collect from people that they have information on. And two, the IRS is really sending a message to the broader crypto community as, as a whole that this is something that they're looking into. And I think the third thing that they've started doing, uh, in addition to the notices, there's also actually been some, some uh, criminal proceedings and court cases for some of the more egregious people who are committing tax fraud. That's not as too much for the regular person. And another big thing that they've been doing is they've completely changed the Form 1040. And again, don't expect any non-accountant to know these forms by heart. But whether you know it or not, you have, as a taxpayer, have almost 100% had a 1040 filed for you. So the 1040 Schedule 1 is the first schedule attached to kind of the basic um, income portion of a tax return. And what the IRS did, and this is brand new, this is in 2019. And this is one of the things and one of the reasons why we've really kind of doubled down on this because it shows kind of how serious the IRS is. And actually, let me go ahead and jump back into a share screen. I can show you this one as well. So on this 1040 Schedule 1, and so remember, virtually anybody who pays taxes in the U.S. has to fill out this form. And you can see right here, not even buried, the first question on the form that every taxpayer has to fill out says, at any time during 2019, did you receive, sell, send, exchange, or otherwise acquire any financial interest in any virtual currency? So not only is the IRS trying to educate people, they're sending notices, borderline threats to individuals. Every person who's, file, who's gonna file a return in 2019, for 2019, so filing this year in 2020, this is, and we're recording this in April, I'm not sure when the viewers will be seeing this, but everyone has to answer this question, black, white, yes, no. Um, and so, what this, what this is doing is, first of all, this is totally uncharted territory. This is beyond extreme to take the most common form and put such a niche question at the top. Um, what this is saying is after this year, after 2019, there's no, there's no pleading ignorance. There's no, oh, I didn't know about it. Every single person has to say yes or no. Do, do, do you have any virtual currency? And I, I, would, I would invite, and, and I'm sure some people listening to this have already filed their tax returns for 2019. Even if you use a so software like TurboTax or something where you don't fill out the form, I would invite them, go check your, your tax return that you just filed. And that question will be there. It'll be probably page number two on your tax return and it'll have the answer, yes or no, included in there. And for those of you who haven't filed your taxes yet, you'll, you'll see it or it, you'll, the thing with TurboTax is it kind of TurboTax, I'll just ask you a whole bunch of questions. Uh, so you might not think that, you know, when you click no on the, did you use virtual currency on TurboTax, that it's going to fill out this huge thing at the top of your form, but that's, that's what it is. And so when you look at all these things in tandem, it's really obvious that this is a major focus area. For the IRS and that this is something they're really going to be hammering down on. Now, so that being said, um, it, it's certainly eye-opening for me, um, especially that, that 1040 thing. You're, you're absolutely right. Putting that right on top of the 1040 
is is really sending a message and saying yeah. we're serious about this. We're yeah. not we're not taking this lightly. Yeah, um, even even for us, that was a huge shock for as as a crypto focused CPA. When I that was that was huge news. But I think I think uh, thinking about it from the other side, it's a it's a it's a good natural step for the IRS to take forward, which means. They're accepting that people are using these cryptocurrencies. They're trading them. This is this is becoming normal. So I think it's actually good. It's not. There's nothing. It's it's not bad. It's good that they're taking it seriously. Now, one hundred percent agree. And 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 like I mentioned before, you know, I'm the the reason I I, I do what I do is because I want the cryptocurrency ecosystem to flourish and to grow. And and so to me, all these things are just kind of. Um, you know, badges of honor are just kind of the the the, the way of the road of of, be, of gaining legitimacy and, and mass adoption. All these things with every at an emerging asset class, this is just more validation. So macro level, this is this is a great thing for crypto that it's it's become so big that the IRS is chain is making every single taxpayer talk about it. Um, and so so yeah, I think this is definitely a positive development, but definitely a concerning one. Uh, for people who have been trading crypto and and uh, it's totally understandable. Like I said, I was a CPA myself and I didn't know the rules. And so it, it's there's it, uh, sometimes at no fault of their own, um, people may have been inadvertently getting themselves into a situation. Yeah, agreed. Now, realistically, can, can the IRS go after everyone? Is what's 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 their strategy here? Is, is, are they just trying to scare people into filing or are they really going to do something about it? Great question. So t- taking a step back, a lot of people have this idea in their head that the IRS is just this army of accountants with, with big bifocals and that they've got unlimited resources and they, they're just this big, scary entity. And, and the reality is, I mean, I have friends, colleagues, um, who, who, who worked with the IRS? The, the IRS is a, is an organization with limitations and w- with limited resources. And so, is the IRS going to knock on every single crypto trader's door tomorrow? No, they're, they're not. They're going to be smart about this. They're going to think through the way they approach this. They're going to start by sending warning shots off the bow, um, and they're also going to be very careful about who they take to court. Because keep in mind, this is an emerging asset class. All this stuff is really new. And so all the court cases that happen around cryptocurrency are extremely important because those first few cases are going to set the precedent and the building block for the way that legislation and enforcement proceeds in the future. And so the IRS is going to be smart about this. Um, And ironically, they're going to be going for the big fish first. They're going to go for high-profile people. They're going to go for high-profile exchanges, and they're they're going to send a message. And they're then going to work their way down for the smaller fish, so to speak. And and this is new, right? This this asset class is new. The IRS is has has done a really good job of doing their homework. Um, and you can tell from some of their letters that they understand things like hard forks, um, airdrops. That you know they're they're doing their homework around this. But it's still very new, and so as a as an accounting professional, the way that I look at it is I'm always looking at history. What is there from history that we can we can learn that can kind of help us figure out what's going to happen? And so I'm sure that you've 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 heard of uh, Swiss bank accounts, right? So um, there there is a point in time where Swiss bank accounts were considered almost the way that Bitcoin was originally considered, right? Uh, the anonymous way to hide your money and to have all these things um, um, under the radar. And that was, that prevailed for a long period of time. And the IRS knew about Swiss bank accounts for a long, long period of time. And what the IRS eventually was able to do was through leveraging um, the fact that they're part of the US government, they were able to persuade Switzerland, a country with, with hundreds of years a reputation of being neutral, not complying, not getting involved in spats, protecting the privacy of their banking industry. They were able to crack that, um, break through all, the, all that levels and go after Swiss bank accounts, which led to things like the Panama Papers being revealed and all sorts of things. And so 
one thing that I that I always like to point out to people is if the IRS has a history and a track record of being able to being able to basically bring the Swiss government uh, to to not to their knees, but to, to to give up on 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 hiding this. What do you think that Coinbase or a startup like that is going to have any chance? And so, and 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 also for those who, people who follow the space, um, and I use Coinbase as an example, not to call them out. I love Coinbase. I'm a user of Coinbase myself, but they were actually one of the first court cases that the IRS pursued. And um, a lot of those letters that we talked about and notices that went out to taxpayers saying, we know you have virtual currency. The reason they know is because of Coinbase providing them that information. And so it, I'll, I'll give a high level. I know we weren't here to get, get a history lesson, but it, it's relevant. The, essentially, um, Coinbase reported that um, you know, between some period of years in the mid-2015-ish range, they had, you know, so many thousands of new users, and they were saying Coinbase is the new thing. We've got all these users um, buying Bitcoin. You know, this is the number one place in America to buy Bitcoin, and I, and I think actually it, it might still be that way. But the IRS was sitting there reading Coinbase's ads, and then going through their records and saying, "You're saying you got thousands of people who are buying Bitcoin. We had about 20 report <laughs> on their taxes. That something's going on here." And so the IRS took Coinbase to court and eventually the IRS initially basically told Coinbase, give them, give us everything in the kitchen sink. We want um, every customer, all their records, all their K KYC, their chat logs. When they talk to your people, they wanted everything. And, and Coinbase very valiantly fought this in court with the IRS um, and they came to a concession. It's called a concession. Coinbase really kind of kind of lost this one. So Coinbase ended up surrendering their customer information, um, names, date of birth, social security numbers, address, trade history, buy, sell, even when they're sending crypto on and off exchange. And they gave all that information to the IRS. And that's why I had a, a lot of clients, all of which who had Coinbase accounts, who were receiving these letters from the IRS. And since then, again, we talked about precedent, right? That, that was a public case. How many other US-based exchanges and maybe even non-US-based exchanges have given the IRS information on their users and their traders to date? I don't know. But again, if you look at history, I would almost say it's fair to say if you've traded on a US-based exchange, uh, the IRS either has your trade information or will have it at some point. And, and again, that's that's speculation, but it's speculation based on on history and what we're seeing out in the field. Also, I would imagine that even non-US based, somebody, let's say, let's take someone like Binance. Mm -hmm. the, the IRS can say to Binance, well, if you don't comply with our regulation, you can't do business here. Yeah, exactly. And and Binance was was for those of us in the crypto space, Binance was always kind of this this prodigal son of, you know, they, they got kicked out of China, they left Hong Kong and always kind of dodging the man. And, and even Binance, um, like you said, uh, they've opened up now Binance US. They, they made it a little separate so that, you know, they can get around securities regulation with what they, what they owe and, and, you know, CYA there a bit. But even Binance now has a, has a US arm. And, and again, that's why I brought up the Swiss bank account thing before. There's not a lot of places unfortunately, in the world that you can hide from the U.S. government, um, especially when it comes to their, to their money. And so, you know, even, even traders on Binance, um, you know, this might be something, this is something that could easily affect them. Again, this is, again, speculation. The only one that's public is Coinbase, but it's, the writing's on the wall there. You could probably assume that they're, they're all being, they're attacking at all vectors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and another thing that the IRS is doing be, and they, they, they realize, again, they ha do have limited resources, but, and this is something that people who use and trade crypto love, is the blockchain, is that everything is open, public, immutable records. And that can really, really bite you in the ass when someone's trying to track down your trades, when there's an open, public, immutable record of it. 
And so the IRS is using blockchain tracking software like Chainalysis um, and different providers out there to, to use that to piece the puzzle together. So it's, it's very simple. You buy Bitcoin from a KYC Coinbase account, they have a record. They know Coinbase's wallet address. They now know your Coinbase address. You then take that Bitcoin and you send it to a, a Binance wallet, a Wobi wallet, a, a Kraken wallet, whatever wallet you want to send it to. There's a, there's a trail on, on the blockchain and software like Chainalysis pieces that together in order to, with, with pretty remarkable accuracy, put together a picture of where your funds are and, and what's going on with them. Yeah, so let's say someone does want to address their um, crypto um, tax, tax issues. How, would, how do they get started? Where, where would they go? Where, what do they do? Okay, all right. So here's some good news. I feel like we've gone full gloom and doom in the first few <laughs> sections of this. Um, there is a lot of good news. One, as far as where you start, um, you start where your coins are and where your coins came from. So the exchanges that you bought off of, um, for those people who don't keep their all their coins on exchanges, which should be a lot of people, but that's another thing we can talk about. Um, your, your wallet addresses. Most of these, almost every major exchange, um, I'll, I'll go as far as say every major exchange and, and all, even some most of the small ones, do a pretty decent job. It wasn't this way in the past. I've dealt with some pretty bad ones before, but now 2020, they do keep records of your transactions. And so you should be able to go on to, you know, your Coinbase's or your Binance's and download records of your transactions. So the first thing you would do is get your records together, uh, find out, you know, what wallets you have your stuff at, what exchanges you traded on, and, and you get all of that together. And once you have that together, again, other good news, there's a lot of different um, tax software out there that's built for cryptocurrency traders that you can use to help you figure out, okay, you know, calculate what, what are the gains, what's going on here, how many trades did I have, how does that affect me? Um, so that's usually the first starting point is just getting all that information together, which it's, it's there. You just got to, you know, maybe you need to remember your, your old Binance passwords you haven't logged in. I can't even tell you how many times I've done Zoom meetings like this with a client trying to log into their Binance account with them, <laughs> moving the little puzzle over. But that's that's usually step number one is is getting getting your stuff together. And then step two is you can either take the easy route and just find a crypto CPA and just send it to them. Uh, or what most people are probably going to want to do, step two is get educated and figure out, okay, now that I have all this information, what are the rules? How do I calculate my gains and losses? What, you know, what tax rates are this at? Well, you know, how, how does this work? And we'll talk about this later on. Um, there's a lot of different avenues and resources, some that we provide um, and some outside, outside of us as well that people can leverage to, to get that information. But step one is just get your stuff together, get your records in order. Okay, so when you say that, what what kind of records do you mean? Um, so, so you're gonna want all of your trade records, and there's a couple nuanced things about this that that again might make some people's jaw drop. You need all your records from the beginning of time. So that means your first Bitcoin purchase. It doesn't matter when it was. That's when you got to start. You need you need you need you need it from from then till now. Now look, if for whatever reason maybe you bought your first Bitcoin on Mount Gox or something, or off some guy at a meetup, and you don't have right there's there's ways to to to, to work through that and to figure it out. Um, but by by the by, by the letter of the law by the book, you need to start back at the beginning of time and get your first transaction and all your buys and sells at a minimum all your buys and sells and exchanges so if you're swapping one coin for another um, and you need you need all those together you also probably want to have an accurate count of how much crypto you have which to some people they're like of course I know how much crypto I have but there's a lot of <laughs> you'd be amazed at how many people are like oh man I have this Litecoin wallet with a hundred Litecoin that I just I forgot about um, so, so going through that or, you know, people might have hard fork coins that they forgot about or never claimed, things like that. So 
getting all your buys, all your sells, all your exchanges, and then figuring out where all your coins are. And for a lot of people, that might just be logging onto Coinbase. You know, if you're, or, or maybe two exchanges. For some people, that might be a little bit more in depth. Um, but, but yeah, that's 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 the the bare minimum you need to get started. And one thing I will also say is, when you when I say log into all your exchanges, I also mean decentralized exchanges. So if you ever use Shapeshift, especially back in the day when Shapeshift didn't KYC, that was a decentralized exchange. They didn't keep records. So you're going to have to kind of figure piece, piece that together too. Um, uh, any, any type of DEX as well, a current one, BISC, whichever, whichever one you want to pick, those two, you're going to need, you need the information from those. Yeah. Um, it would seem to me that it would take a considerable amount of work. Like I used Ether Delta in the past. And, um, you know, it's, there's, there's a lot of hopping around. Like, you get you get the crypto yeah. one one place, then you convert it to another place, then you you send it to another place, and it's like a, a lot of hopping around. Yeah, yeah, and 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 like I said, it's there. There's it's going to vary for each person. Some people it might be as simple as you just log into your Coinbase account. For other people, especially those those OG crypto traders who've been at this for a while, it might be a little bit more lengthy or nuanced of a process. But that's where it's really helpful to either make sure you find some place where you can get you know, a playbook of how to do this, or you find somebody who knows what they're doing who can help you with it. And, and one thing also about reports in crypto, and, and also about the point of finding someone who knows what they're doing, right? So I, I've seen this also again and again. So if you, and you know this, if you are somebody who buys on Coinbase, and then go bring, sends your Bitcoin to Binance or something, swaps into altcoins, things like that. Coinbase has no idea what you're doing on other exchanges. And so one thing that's gotten people into a lot of trouble and also gotten them into trouble with the IRS because the IRS takes, has taken some of Coinbase's data is that if you go on to Coinbase and you try to get a tax report, and, and again, this is, this is I mean, not me knocking Coinbase at all, huge Coinbase fan, and I love that they've made efforts to help people um, understand their, their tax liabilities. But if you go on to Coinbase and you try to download their tax report, unless you have only ever used Coinbase and nothing else in your life, that tax report will be wrong. And so, and so there's a lot of times where people will go to, to a CPA who doesn't understand crypto and and it's, it's a lot of CPAs that don't understand crypto. Again, I was one of them who didn't understand it at, a, at one point back when. And they'll, and they'll say, hey, you know, oh, I got, maybe I got this letter from the IRS or, I, or there's this question on my form that I owe virtual currency. And the CPA is going to think, okay, you know, this is just like Fidelity or like Morgan Stanley, just log on to the thing and get a tax report and give it to me. And if you do that and you have a CPA who doesn't know that that Coinbase report is wrong, um, nine times out of ten, you're going to end up with a much bigger tax bill than if you if you knew how to kind of piece that piece, that puzzle together. Well, it's not necessarily wrong. It's just partial information. It's not all the information that you need to file with the IRS. So, so the reason it's wrong is that, and 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 you're right. You're right. We're saying the same thing in two ways. But but the reason it's partial information. And so what happens is when you buy Coinbase, or sorry, you buy Bitcoin on Coinbase, so you buy $1,000 worth of Bitcoin. You take that Bitcoin and you send it to Binance. Coinbase doesn't know that you're sending it to Binance. Coinbase, Coinbase doesn't know if that outgoing transaction was you moving it to Binance, if it was you, you moving it to your own cold storage wallet, if it was you selling it to some guy on the street, um, if it was you using it to pay for coffee, right? So if Coinbase doesn't know, then on the Coinbase report, they assume it was a sale. Oh. They're going to assume that you sold it. And if that's why I said 99 times out of 100, if you assume a sale, you're going to end up with a higher tax bill when if it was just you taking money from your left pocket and putting it in your right pocket. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, 
But yeah, we're, but we are saying the same thing. It is because they don't have the full picture and they're, they're doing their best to give you the full picture. And I think Coinbase, to their credit, again, um, they've since revised it. I think there's a warning now when you run the report that says, hey, you know, this may not be right. So everyone, probably the best, it depends what kind of trader you are. I think um, probably most people who are still doing this, I would say in 2017, 2018, a lot of people were just like buying and just keeping it. They knew nothing but Coinbase. So they were buying on Coinbase and just keeping it, maybe selling it when it went up. So it should be fairly simple. But I think most people who are like myself and my friends, we're all over the place, right? Anywhere we can get stuff, we're like trading back and forth. So let me ask you this. If someone had started out early, right? Let's say they started out really early. Um, let's, I think Coinbase started in 2013, if I'm not mistaken. That was around, around then. Yeah, pretty. So let's say somebody bought Bitcoin on Coinbase in 2013, right? Um, mm -hmm. Then they moved it to some cold storage wallet, right? At the end of 2013, let's say Bitcoin was at $500. So that would get calculated as taxes owed by that person for 2013? If, if they used, um, and I don't know if Coinbase had their tax reporting again and, and um, at the time, but the way that Coinbase used to, used to do it, um, if, if they ran the report, yeah, it would have assumed that that was a sale. I don't think Coinbase had that tax report in 2013, but, but your, your point is valid that um, a, lot of, a lot of people who, who leverage, and it's not Coinbase, we keep using, harping on them as an example, any exchange that tries to provide you with a tax report has that fundamental assumption that they have to make, right? Because they can't possibly know. And that's, that's one of the beauties of something that's, um, you know, pseudonymous and, and totally your, your keys, your Bitcoin, right? You have full control over it. And that's one of the unfortunate um, side effects of that is that your custodian can't fully track what you're doing, which is again, a feature, not a bug in Bitcoin, but what I'm trying to get at is, let's say somebody got into this early, never filed taxes on cryptocurrencies, mm -hmm. you know, they end up with an enormous tax bill because now you're going back seven years, you know, and the IRS loves to charge interest and penalties. Uh, so, you know, even on a small amount that you bought on Coinbase, I'm, I'm just saying we're just using Coinbase because... It's the easiest example for yeah, and everyone knows them. And yeah, so but, but regardless, right? Yeah, so I just don't want Brian Armstrong to hear this podcast <laughs> and, and, and come at me. I think he 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 loves the publicity. It's okay. <laughs> um, so anyone anyone that that started out early and uh, and didn't think about their taxes, you know, at this point you might you might be in big trouble with the IRS because even though maybe the transactions were small. Or even worse, you know, you bought Bitcoin at $100, you know, in 2017, it was $20,000. So IRS might say, hey, you know, you owe us all this money. Um, and then what about losses? So we went through this bull market, right? Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and that, that, that's actually where, where my, my, my first thought was going is that, I, I, I do a lot of, you know, these, these type of, of, of interviews and of, of trainings. And every time I talk to traders, their first thought is, oh my God, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to sell my house to pay this tax bill or something crazy. Right. And what happens is, uh, and, and that fear of having a bill is one of the main reasons that so many people have kind of, you know, just, just tried to ignore this or thought that it would go away. But the reality is that, there's a lot of flexibility in the way that you can report. Uh, so three people can do the same thing, buy Bitcoin on the same day, sell it on the same day, buy some more on the same day for the same price. And they can have three totally different tax returns and all of them can be correct and legal. And so one, there's a lot of flexibility in how you can report this. The taxpayer can make a lot of elections um, and, and maybe we'll get into that, or, and that's, that's probably a little bit outside of the scope of this, but there's flexibility in, in how you can handle it. And somebody who's, who educates themselves or, or brings someone on who's educated can, can help them with that. And then two, like you said, you can also deduct your losses. 
And so there's a lot of traders who, if you, if you were here through 2013, you were here through the crash in 2017. Um, and so there's losses involved that you can also take credit for. Um, there's ways that you can, even, even looking back at a portfolio, you can make sure that you arrange your, your, your trades in a way as to legally, of course, and you're not, not advocating any funny business, but there's, there's, you have ways that you can minimize your, your taxable liabilities. And, and, and the way we usually handle this is, is look, if you're, if you're in that scenario where you've had a crypto for a while, um, and, and maybe, and a lot of times it was the people who had crypto in 2013 still do were mostly hodlers, um, took some portion, traded up and down. The first thing you want to do is get right in this year is you want to say, okay, not looking at the past based on what I did in 2019, let me go ahead and get right in 2019. And then you look back at your previous years, you do the math, you figure it out. And if it's a material amount, then, you know, you walk through the process of going back and, um, and, and, and fixing those if it, if, if it was a material deal. A lot of times people find that it actually wasn't that big of a deal, or maybe they had losses that they didn't claim, which the IRS isn't going to be mad at you because you didn't ask them for money when you had the chance. Um, and so, so it's, it's, it's not as, as, as intimidating as a lot of people think. And one thing too, is that again, like I said before, the first step is just figuring out where you're at. And so there's no risk in that. There's no risk in getting your information together and, and, and just figuring it out. Um, and even if you hire someone to help you, or even if you use some software to do that, right, there's no, there, there's no risk at all in, in starting at square one. Great. Um, good news. Uh, what about like I, I don't know, hard forks, airdrops? Does, does that play into... So yeah, so the, so these are, um, and these are some of the things that, like I said, um, having been doing this for a while, things that we've always had questions on because a hard fork is un, unlike, and, and for, I'll, I'll assume most of your, your, your listeners are, and viewers are, are familiar, but a hard fork, basically when a blockchain due to a, a consensus failure splits into two and ends up creating two unique different blockchains, which um, a holder of one coin now has two different coins. So if you held Bitcoin during the Bitcoin Cash hard fork, you now have Bitcoin and you have Bitcoin Cash. It's unlike anything that has ever happened in traditional asset classes. It's not like a stock split. It's not a dividend. It's not, you know, it's, there's no real, real comparison. And so there was a while where there wasn't really clarity around that. Um, this, this year, for the 2019 tax year, we did get a lot of clarity on that. Um, I know I personally was not happy with the clarity that we got. Um, there was definitely some dispute and debate around this, but the the position is that when you have a hard fork coin, the new coin you receive. So let's say you have your Bitcoin, and you, you their Bitcoin Cash hard fork happens, and you get Bitcoin Cash. That new Bitcoin Cash is treated as income right after the hard fork once you receive and claim the hard fork. Now, what, what does that mean? It means that whenever, when that hard fork occurred, you should have at the time, in retrospect, again, this, this, the, hard, the hard forks we were talking about happened in 2017. This clarity came out in 2019, so there's a little gray area here. But going forward, whenever there's a hard fork, you need to report that hard fork as income when you claim the hard fork. Now, I harp on when you claim the hard fork, for this reason, and I'll give I'll give I'll give my dad as a as a, as an example. So my uh, my dad has some some Bitcoin, right? And he just has it, and he, he never touches it. He I, I convinced him one day to, to get some. He realized this is a great idea. This is the future. Has a Bitcoin sitting in a wallet somewhere. So when the Bitcoin diamond hard fork happened, that that no one out, outside of hardcore crypto people even know about. Um, somewhere out there in, in the blockchain ether, I'm sure my dad has some Bitcoin diamond just waiting for him to come and claim it. But since he never claimed it, it wasn't, it's not income for him. So 
you don't need to worry about, oh my gosh, you know, all these random hard forks. I have income popping up here and there that I didn't claim. It's only when you go through the actual effort of claiming it. Now, if you had coins on Binance and a hard fork happened and Binance deposited those coins into your account, that's considered you claiming it, even though you didn't actually do it yourself and that's income. You would see that when you download your report. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, but, but again, there's some people who have a Binance account who just forgot all about it. And it's, and, and, I, and I mentioned before, I wasn't very happy with this. I totally understand where the IRS is coming from. I, I get it. It's you, the, the, the term we use is a, a material ascension to wealth, right? So you were objectively richer after a hard fork than you were before the hard fork. I, I get it. They, they, you, you, you gained wealth, you owe taxes on that gain in wealth. That's the way the IRS looks at it. Kind of like a dividend, right? Kind of like a dividend. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah, exactly. But what it does is it, it, we now have this situation where people can be earning income sometimes against their will without knowing about it, um, without, you know, without getting their, their approval um, and earning incomes at amounts that are not always consistent. Right. So um, you know, the, the, the value of a hard fork coin is hugely volatile. So depending on when you claim it, there's a lot, a lot of things that go into it. So, so hard forks are something that are, are, are definitely complicated in nature. Um, but the general gist of it is that, unfortunately, uh, you, do, you do owe income. And the same thing goes with airdrops. Airdrops, there's, uh, it's a little bit more technical. We won't go too much into it, but um, essentially airdrops are considered income as well which is different than when you buy and sell a crypto. Those are capital gains. Uh, you, you, you have to write a check for your taxes after either, but um, there are some differences and maybe we'll get into that towards the end. It, make, it, makes, it does make sense, but also I think um, <clears throat> as exchanges mature, maybe they will put in like in the settings that you can say, I don't want you to, con- to give me the hard fork unless I ask for it. I think I think also that's definitely something that I think will eventually be some sort of industry standard for any type of custodian. Um, but again, this is it's new, relatively new announcements from the IRS. It's not like the exchanges knew that you know they, they, the exchanges were trying to do what's right by their customer. Look at you know for those of us who were went through the the Bitcoin Cash um, and Bitcoin Gold hard forks. People on Coinbase were were threatening to sue because they weren't giving them their Bitcoin Cash fast enough, right? And now some of those same people, <laughs> if they had the choice, would have said, "Don't give me my Bitcoin Cash. I don't want to report the income." Uh, so it's 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 a tough spot. These exchanges are in a tough spot, um, and and taxpayers are in a tough spot. So I, I try to think of it in this way: as long as you know, as long as you have the information and you know, because let's say let's say you had one Bitcoin when you had the Bitcoin Cash. Think about it. I think it was like a few hundred dollars. I think mm-hmm. um, at first. So a, it's free money. Yeah. B, you're only going to pay a portion. You're going to need to pay a portion of that to the IRS. So let's let's just for argument's sake say you have to pay thirty percent of that. So let's say you had $300, you have to give the IRS $100. You still got $200 for free, right? Right. Yeah, Yeah. So- absolutely. And, and that's one thing that I always kind of want to stress to people is you only pay taxes when you're making money. And so, you, you know, yes, you know, and, and nobody lo- likes to pay taxes, right? But it's, it's only happening when you're earning money. Now, Sometimes it gets a little hairy when you earn some earn money and then lose it real quick the next day, but you still owe taxes on the earnings, and we can get into that too. But again, like it's you know you're still benefiting from this, right? It's just making sure that people know the rules, have resources out there, um, and 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 also know how to uh, knowing the rules so that they can arrange their finances in a way that they that they're minimizing those tax burdens right because again losses can be your friends sometimes yeah but also i also they're, they're always your friend on your tax return <laughs> um, but again you only have losses when you're actually losing more right 
that's how I try to think about it. Um, you know, you oh, you should be thinking if you're. I think if you're buying crypto and and trading it back and forth, you're trying to make money. Of course, you need to take that as cost of doing business. So let's say you buy something at a thousand and you sell it for two thousand. The thousand dollars that you made is not your money. It's not all your money. So yep. you have to consider. Uh, you know, most people are at about 30, 35% they, they have to pay taxes at. So, yeah. Yeah, it depends on on the, yeah. you're, you're including state taxes and stuff. You're, I know you guys are based in New York. Yeah, there's lots, lots of variables, but let's just, let's just assume that it's 30% to make things easy. So mm-hmm. you made, you, you, you bought something at a thousand, you sold it at 2000. You can only keep 700. That's yours. The other 300 is not yours. You have to, yeah. you, you have to just think of it that way. As long as you know what the rules are, like what you're doing, like educating people, as long as you know what the rules are, it's easy. There's, there's no yeah. real reason to be concerned about it at all. Yeah, absolutely. And then another thing too is, because we were talking about before about those um, nightmare situations of people who've been at this for a while and, you know, have all, it's all a mess. Once you get it down, um, you know, what, if you're a trader and you, and you haven't, weren't aware of these rules or you, you had a mess in the past, once you get it down, it goes from being this kind of monkey on your back towards being a competitive advantage. Right. I, 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 I work with traders all the time who would happily uh, spend a month, you know, perfecting their technical analysis so that they could increase their margins by 2%, but have no idea how to arrange their trades so that they can save 10, 15, 20, 30, 40% in taxes. Right. And so, so that, so that's what, you know, what I always want to remind people of is that any type of, um, time spent understanding taxes is, is not an expense. It's an investment. And it's one that, that will pay dividends for the, the majority of the time that you're a taxpayer in your life, which is going to be the rest of it. <laughs> Definitely, without a doubt. Um, so we've talked about a lot of things, and I, I do understand that some of this gets really complicated. Um, yeah, for sure. Do you have to have a CPA in order to untangle? Do you, do you need to have or hire a CPA to get yourself out of this situation? So I think my answer might surprise some people, and the answer is no. Actually, you don't need a CPA to hire to to hire or to hire someone to get you out of this. And but the answer is it it depends, right? It's almost kind of like asking if you hurt yourself, do you need a doctor? Well, it depends on how badly you're hurt, right? You know, if if you just fell and scraped yourself, then walk walk it off, champ. Um, you know, maybe it's it's a deep cut, it's infected. Okay, maybe you just go to CVS and get some stuff. Maybe you broke your leg, or maybe you're just in a whole mess, right? Then maybe you need a doctor. And 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 I always think of CPAs as as doctors for your finances, right? Looking looking out for the health of them and 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 trying to put you in a position where you can protect what you have and grow. And so it, it, it depends, but the unequivocal answer is, is no, you don't. And that's one thing that, that I've learned, not only being in the space, but you know, understanding the ethos of, of the cryptocurrency space. In, in cryptocurrency, we're very big on self-reliance, on you know, self, taking ownership, responsibility. There's a lot of people in crypto who want to do it themselves. Um, they don't want to trust people when they don't need to. Um, and, uh, you know, also things around privacy and anonymity. And so one reason that we've really focused so much on crypto education is because not everybody needs to hire a CPA to do their work um, and not everybody uh, can. Right. And so that's why we want to make sure that, you know, maybe you're you, like I said, maybe you're just a, a, a simple Coinbase user uh, and you just needed somebody. You just needed to listen to this podcast to, to understand the rules. Uh, maybe you, you've used two exchanges and you've got a little couple things going on. Um, that's why, you know, we work on putting out webinars, guides, uh, do-it-yourself guides. We, ha- we have one, um, we partnered with Coin Central and have one that we offer where um, it's a simple guide with videos and, and kind of like tutorials. And we even have practice problems and stuff if you want to work on it and make sure that you know how to calculate it, show people how to use software. 
um, and and even on our on our website. Um, if you want to come and and hire us, you can absolutely do that from our website. But if you just want to come and get uh, software, or just just get a, an anonymous license where you can just go ahead and and calculate your your capital gains, and then you up to you to decide what you want to do with that. Right. So we've got all these different ways that we're helping people where they're at. And so you definitely don't need to hire a CPA. What you do need to do is you need to figure out how you're going to handle it and how you're going to educate yourself. Um, and, and, and that's why that's something that I'm super passionate about and want to make sure that people know that those resources are out there, whether you get them for, uh, from us or from somebody else. Yeah, I feel like um, I learned a lot and uh, I'm not, I'm not as scared of the IRS as I was before. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. No, absolutely. And it's a mix of, I think you, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be afraid of a game that you know the rules to, right? You should, you should definitely be afraid of a game when you don't understand the rules um, because things can surprise you. But if you take the time to, to, to know the rules or have someone on your team who knows the rules inside and out, um, again, it, it goes from being the scary monkey on your back towards really being a competitive advantage that you can use to you know, not only pay the taxes you, want to, you need to pay, but pay as little as possible and have a strategy to minimize them in the future. Right. And I think now is probably a good time to get started because um, I'm sure that a lot of people who got into this uh, probably got into the market when everything was so high and now, mm-hmm. and now you know, the market lost a lot of value. Um, yeah. You could probably get away with either not paying some anything or probably maybe even getting some money back. You know, that's my, my. I can't tell you how much joy it brings to me uh, when I help somebody, you know, calculate and plan their capital gains, and the amount that they're saving far and away exceeds the cost of filing their taxes and hiring me. And it happens all the time. And so, like I said, a lot of people think. That it's going to be a bill. It might be a bill. I'm not. I'm not telling people that you're. You, you know, do it and you're going to get money. Um, but again, you don't know until you start, and you have to do it anyways. Eventually, eventually, you will have to do it. So might as well get on it while 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 you can get it under control. You want to. You, you want to do it yourself before they force you to do it. Right. Once they come to you, it's too late. Right. Yeah. If for sure. And 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 again, I think you touched on this before that. When they come to you, it's not saying, oh, you didn't pay us what you owed us. It's you didn't pay us what you owed us. Here's penalties. Here's interest. Here's an audit that you're going to have to deal. You know, it, it's, 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 they, they, they bring the hammer down hard for a reason. Uh, so uh, I got one more question for you. Um, right, maybe, maybe you can give some kind of uh, like a little bit of advice to people if they, um, like, for me, the question would be like, what kind of software is there? I would I would imagine that someone would come out with an application that would track everything automatically. Like you know, it's, like you said, it's easy to track things on the blockchain, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so tips. So actually, this all kind of goes hand in hand. So, I, uh, overarching tip is learn the rules, understand the rules. Once you learn the rules, get some sort of software solution. So either um, go out and get it yourself or have a CPA who's, who's a crypto CPA who's using it um, and, and then get your information in order. And then once you have that software set up and once you have your information in order, then you can actually get into the tips and tricks. So my number one favorite tip and trick is once you have that software, you can do what's called um, analyzing your basis. Basically what that's saying is knowing that if I were to sell this coin today, would that result in a gain or a loss? And so what, what you can do in the same way that people do this, um, you, if you hire a good financial advisor, they'll do this with your stocks and bonds as well, is they'll say, okay, if you're going to sell, why don't we try to sell the ones that you're going to sell at a loss so that you're going to then recoup, um, recoup some of those funds in, in tax credits? And so that's called referred to as loss harvesting. Um, and there's a bunch of different software options out there. Um, I know that we personally, we use Cointracking.info. They've been in the game for a long time, huge fan of their software and their team, their partner of ours. Um, we also offer discounted Cointracking.info through our site. Um, so I'll plug them a little bit there. But there's a bunch of other ones out there. Um, 
it, you could you could Google it if you want. Maybe we can link to it in the show notes after. But there's a lot of different software options, um, and all the ones that are good. There's some crappy ones out there, and there's some good ones out there. I've used most of them. Um, you can you can go through and you can figure out how to how to sell strategically so that you're 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 loss harvesting. So that's one tip. Um, Another tip I would give people is once they have their software too, this is also something that software really helps with. Um, a lot of people don't know this, that there's, so when you buy and sell a piece of property, which is what crypto is, um, you're incurring a capital gain or a capital loss. Again, that's different from income. And you can have something that's referred to as a long-term capital gain or a short-term capital gain. And the cool thing about that is that long-term capital gains are actually taxed at a lower rate than short-term capital gains. So another tip that we do with all of our clients is we try to figure out, okay, let's make, and, and the, the threshold from going from long to short is a year. So we just say, okay, you know, these, the, you, these coins you want to sell, why don't we just wait another 20 days, 30 days so that you've now had them for a year as opposed to, you know, 10, 11 months. And by doing that, your tax bill can drop significantly as well. So those are just two off the top of my head, um, making sure that you can know how to take advantage of loss harvesting, um, knowing how to make sure that you're getting your capital gains taxed at a lower rate. Um, there's a ton of other different tips out there. I know um, we're going to be partnering with Lair East, and we're going to be doing a webinar uh, starting in May, where I'm going to go a little bit more in depth and talk about some of those. We also have workshops that we teach where we help people kind of go through a, a hot, very, very down into the nitty gritty, different tax strategies and ways that they can reduce that. I know we don't have enough time on this podcast to go through all of them, um, but there's a lot of different um, resources that we're going to offer people out there to help them make sure that they know all the tips and tricks. But those are two, two, two quick and dirty, easy ones that we, we use all the time. Yeah, excellent. I, I I know about the capital gains, um, short term and long term. I looked I looked at it a, a while ago, and it's 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 dramatic. The, the yes, yeah, that 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 one alone is 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 huge. If you can just be smart and disciplined enough to make sure that everything's long term capital gains, that that that'll that can cut it in half. You're, you're and, and that's not only for crypto. That's for anything, like any yeah. stocks, anything mm-hmm. that you that you do. So yeah, that's that's a great one. Um, so first of all, before, before we wrap up, uh, tell everyone if they want to go to your website, where, how do they, where do they go? Absolutely. So we'll definitely link to this in the show notes. So our company is Arbitus, A-R-B-I-T-U-S, and our website is arbitusgroup.com. You can go on there. Um, we have crypto tax packages. We also have um, links to uh, cointracking.info software that we sell at half price. So if you were to go to cointracking.info and you wanted to get their um, advanced software package, it'd be $600. We offer it for $300. And we also include a loss harvesting consultation free with that. And one thing that's unique about us, and a little plug, is that you you can work with us anonymously uh, if you just want your crypto capital gains calculated. So if you, for filing a tax return for you, obviously I need to know who you are. You can't give me, you can't write Mickey Mouse on the sheet when you, when, when you sign up. Um, but all those things, you know, if you put a fake name in there, I don't, I don't know. And again, like I'm just helping you to calculate numbers. And so um, you can go to our website, arbitusgroup.com. You can reach out to me directly. My email is taba, which is T-H-A-B-O, at arbitusgroup.com super responsive to emails. Um, any questions people have, happy to do that. Um, we're definitely going to be looking in doing, into doing like a, a, some Reddit AMAs closer to tax time as well. Um, and then also, like I said, we've got the upcoming webinars that we can link to. And, and also, uh, help me remember, I think people have until July 15th to file their taxes for this year. Yeah, updated so- tax deadline got extended three months. So there's time. There's still time to uh, get in contact with you and, and straighten things out for 2019, right? 100%. And, and again, I, I can't stress this enough. You don't need to get in contact with me. You can go out there and do it yourself. If you have the stomach for it, you can even go on the IRS website and read IRS pronouncements. Um, if there's Honestly, there's probably about 10 
crypto CPAs in the U.S. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, most of us, a lot of us know each other too. But just, just find someone or something. It's super important. And, and again, I'm doing this because I really am super passionate about cryptocurrency and about just building a better world through better finance. And so, however you get there, and however we as a community, make this more legitimate, um, make this more widespread, and just kind of prove out that that crypto is everything we believe it is, the better. Awesome. Sounds great. Well, this certainly has been enlightening to me specifically. I think other people will enjoy it as well. Uh, very valuable information, honestly. Very, very good information. So I'm definitely going to be part of that workshop. I'm going to Drop awesome. in that without a doubt. Oh, we're we're gonna be dropping value bombs <laughs> left and right, right. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna be doing that, and we'll put the link in the show notes to doing that. And you said you also do um, like deeper dives workshops. Mm -hmm. Are you gonna do that on Larry's, or or is that somewhere yeah, else? Yeah, yeah. So so we have the webinar, uh, which is more high level, and then we have the workshops, where that's where where we get nitty gritty small groups. Um, and for and for both of these, for the webinar and especially for the workshop, um, anybody who attends, we make sure that we have a, a big section at the end for Q and A. Um, so, and that's my favorite part because there's so many people out there with with different questions, and and there's so many minute details. There's no way that you know in an hour long podcast I could go into it. So, definitely welcome people to come with questions, get them answered um, by me. I. I Pretty sure I've I've heard all of them over over the years. Uh, but if you think you have a question that that can stump me, br bring it on. I would absolutely love to love to hear it. Awesome, great. Thank you so much. I'm I'm looking forward to um, hanging out with you again. All right, Ron. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Really excited to be able to kind of share this information with people. And and um, I think we're I'm I'm really hopeful for what we can do for the community by spreading this knowledge. Just the fact that you're doing what you're doing is proof that we're moving in the right direction, right? It's definitely being legitimized um, easily in a couple of years. I can see it's just it's just mainstream. It's just that's the world that we live in, right? That's the goal. That's what we're that's what we're building. Yeah. All right. Cool. Awesome.